Jerome Powell's Jackson Hole speech last Friday was highly boring but kept investors betting for another 25 base point hike before the end of the year in the US. Resilient economic growth and the tight jobs market of the US continue giving a headache to Mr. Powell and his friends at the Federal Reserve as attention this week shifts towards the US PC growth and jobs data. So welcome. This is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. Oh, that Jackson Hole speech from Jerome Powell was boring, wasn't it? I mean, I could have just delivered that speech myself. So there was nothing, nothing new there, nothing exciting nor surprising. There was nothing we didn't already know. Inflation in the US is coming down, but it is still high and the risks to the upside prevail. Yes, we knew that. The Federal Reserve doesn't know if there should be further interest rate hikes in the US, but they sure know that they should and they will probably keep the interest rates at restrictive levels for a longer period of time. Uh -huh, we already knew that. Inflation target in the US is unchanged at 2% level, even though the world now agrees that we just stepped out of the low inflation regime and that we should kind of accept someday to live with higher inflation numbers. I know the Federal Reserve still doesn't know where that neutral rate stands. They think that the demand and supply dynamics are unique to this cycle. And that's obviously mostly due to the pandemic disruptions that we didn't have at the previous cycle. Cycles. And Jerome Powell just repeats that the US jobs market remains tight. Yes, it does. And he continues to complain that the US economy doesn't slow as fast as they wanted it to, and that the recent improvement in the housing market also remains a headache despite the US 30 year mortgage rate now standing at the highest, highest levels in more than two decades. So, Voila, if you missed that Jackson Hole speech from Jerome Powell, well, you didn't miss much. The US two-year yield pushed about the 5% psychological mark and stands there as Powell's comments kept the idea of another 25 basis point hike in the US on the table before this year ends. But the interest rate hike will probably be skipped in the FOMC's September meeting and could be brought on the table and could be announced in the FOMC's November meeting instead according to the activity on federal funds futures the u.s 10-year yield on the other hand is steadyish between the 4.20 and 4.30 percent range and has not broken the 4.30 percent resistance that's that's an important resistance to the upside last week so we will continue watching that level closely stocks on the other hand had a mixed week last week the s&p 500 gained a mega 0.8 percent during the course of last week yet the index managed to close last week above the 4400 psychological mark and above is ascending trend base that's building since last October dip while Nasdaq 100 index gained 2.3% over the week last week although Nvidia's stunning uh, quarterly results just failed to keep the share price above the $500 level even though that level was hit after the results were announced last week and well, that disappointing jump in NVIDIA results despite beating its 11 billion US dollar worth of sales for gas and despite boosting its sale forecast this quarter. 
to 16 billion US dollars, which is even more mind blowing. Well, the little rally was a sign that not only investors were actually betting that Nvidia would beat its sales forecast, but that the company would also announce blowout future forecasts as well. And all that was already reflected by market pricing and a sign that the AI rally may be exhausting. So Nvidia remains very, very popular, yes, but it is sure that it has no room left for any missteps moving forward. Broadcom, on the other hand, which is also having a stellar year as it doubled its stock price since last October dip, is also due to announce its quarterly results this Thursday. So the company said that it expects generative AI to make up about 25% of its semiconductor revenue in the fiscal year 2024 versus just about 10% in the fiscal year 2022. Now, other than that, this week, we will have a busy week in terms of economic data. We'll have some important economic data from the US and elsewhere. We will be watching Joel's job openings data in the US tomorrow. We'll be watching Australian and German CPI figures and the US ADP and GDP reports on Wednesday to see if that US economy continues to be strong or just too strong and that jobs market continues to be just too tight as said during Powell. On Thursday, we'll be watching the Chinese PMI numbers, the Eurozone CPI estimate and the US core PC number. So that's also very important for the Fed, remember. And on Friday, we will be watching the U.S. jobs report and the ISM numbers. Now, note that the U.S. dollar index pushed to the highest level since May this year. After the Fed president, Jerome Powell's Jackson Hole speech last Friday, the euro dollar is now trading. It touched below its 200-day moving average, even though the European Central Bank chief, Kristen Lagarde, repeated at the Jackson Hole meeting that the the European Central Bank will push the interest rates in Europe as high as needed to fight inflation. Yet, a worsening business climate and expectations in Germany released last Friday somehow prevent the euro bulls from getting back to the market lightheartedly, while the Japanese yen shorts are quite comforted by the Bank of Japan governor's relaxed view on price growth in Japan, which remains lower than the Bank of Japan's goal, he said at Jackson Hole, but the possibility of a direct FX intervention to limit the dollar yen's upside potential actually is what keeps the yen shorts reasonably on the sidelines these days, despite the temptation to sell the heck out of that Japanese yen with the Bank of Japan's incredible monetary policy divergence compared to the rest of the developed nations. Now, anyway, and this week actually started on some kind of a positive note in China and in Hong Kong. And that's because the Chinese government announced new measures to boost appetite for the Chinese equities. So Beijing, for example, halved the stamp duty tax on stock trades, while Hong Kong said it plans a task force to boost liquidity. The CSI 300 index rallied more than 2% this morning, and the Hang Seng index jumped more than 1.5%. But gains here remain much vulnerable as the economic data released yesterday in China showed that the Chinese company profits fell 6.7% last month from a year earlier. So that's lower than 8.3% printed in June. So that's kind of good news. But still note that for the first seven months of 2023, profits in China declined by more than 15%. And that is highly, highly discouraging, given that we have slowing 
economic growth in China. We have rising deflation worries along with the default risk for some of the country's biggest, biggest companies. So in the sense, just note that on the wires we have this morning that Evergrande, for example, posted a four and a half billion US dollar loss in the first half of this year. So no wonder the energy traders are once again quite little impressed with these Chinese stimulus news. The barrel of US crude trades around $80 per barrel psychological level, yet the failure to break below a major Fibonacci support last week, which was a major 38.2% Fibonacci retracement on the latest rally, actually keeps oil bulls timidly in charge of the market, and that despite the weak China sentiment. Now, note that oil trading volumes actually do show an unusual fall since July this year when compared to volumes traded in the past two years. And that's obviously, as you know, partly due to the weakening demand fears for the global economy and falling gasoline inventories, but also due to the tightening oil markets as a result of lower OPEC supply. Now, we all know that the demand, the global demand will advance towards fresh recourse in the coming months and quarters despite weak Chinese demand. And we also know that OPEC will actually keep supply limited to just push oil prices higher and keep them there. So we are in a structurally positive price setting for the oil market, although although any excessive positive push in oil prices in the next weeks will actually further fuel the inflation expectations around the world, hence fuel the rate hike expectations from the major central bank and keep the top side limited in the medium run for the oil prices. So this is all for this Monday. I'm Ipek Skardeshkri and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading